Hey everyone, David Bowden here. Before we start the show, we have a special announcement from the team here at Spoken Gospel. As we approach our summer film block, we're filming our final introductions for our whole project on the Bible, including books of the Bible like the book of Revelation and Chronicles, and it's going to be an amazing time. And we are almost finished funding our need for this film block, and we have about $30,000 left to cross the finish line. And we are asking you, our podcast listeners, to help make this possible. So please consider supporting our mission by visiting the Spoken Gospel website, clicking on donate and contributing what you can. Whether you choose to donate once or monthly, we're so grateful for your support. Okay, now on with the show. Like Onesimus going home to Philemon, death could have been owed him. And for me to go to God without Jesus, death is owed me because of my sin. And you just like... Can I just pay the can I just pay the bill? Can you charge it to my account? So that way there could be reconciliation between father and son, master and slave. Mm-hmm. I just want that for David. I want that for mm-hmm. Seth. I want that for everyone listening. Like that's what Jesus does. Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a ministry that's dedicated to speaking the gospel out of every corner of scripture. In Luke 24, Jesus told his disciples that every part of the Bible was about him. So each week, hosts David and Seth work through a passage of scripture to see how it's all about Jesus and his good news. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are in the book of Philemon. Seth, how are you feeling about that? I mean, (laughs) I was surprised by how deeply the book of Philemon cut me. Yeah. I was expecting a book about slaves and masters. Right. And I got a book about reconciliation between brothers. Yeah. And I think personally, that is the thing you need to leave at the door when you come to the book of Philemon. Mm. You, you, if you come into the book of Philemon wanting answers about slaves and masters, what the Bible has to say about slavery, you will miss the point of Philemon. Yeah, not only will you be unsatisfied that the book doesn't have the right answer for you. Right. Yeah, it's it, not addressing that. It just doesn't talk about it, and you'll yeah. miss the beauty of what's happening yes. in the book of Philemon. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, so anybody who's familiar with Philemon clicking on this episode – while this does have to do with a, a relationship between a slave and a master, um, we're, we're, we're asking you to check your baggage at the door <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and focus on what's happening in Philemon because I think Seth and I both um, have just been floored by the beauty mm-hmm. and the mastery of what's yeah. going on here. And it's one of the most unique places in the New Testament where we see the gospel fleshed out. Yeah, in real life. it is the only mm-hmm. letter that Paul writes that has no explicit mention of Jesus's death or resurrection. Right. And it's super intentional because Paul himself is acting like Jesus and he is calling Philemon mm-hmm. um, to act like Jesus too towards Onesimus, mm-hmm. his slave. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty profound. So I'm excited to get into it. Um, so what is as best as we can reconstruct it? What is happening? What's the situation that prompted the writing of this letter? So there is as many opinions (laughs) as there are humans on the planet, it seems. But 
what happened yeah. is Philemon <laughs> is a wealthy patriarch mm-hmm. in a Roman household, Roman citizen, and like all patriarchs of his day, he owned slaves. Right. And he's probably in Colossae, is that right? He is in Colossae. Okay, yes. Um, Epaphras uh-huh. planted the church in Colossae, right. and Philemon is the his home is where the church in Colossae meets. Okay, so yes. Philemon's the house church guy. He's the house church guy. So okay. he might be in leadership in the church. Uh-huh. He could just be the host right. of the church. We don't really know, but he's a significant member, member of the yeah. church of Colossae, established by Epaphras, one of Paul's companions and paul himself will call philemon yeah. a companion a brother a yeah. partner in the gospel i even read one commentator that said that it's possible that colossians and the letter of philemon were sent at the same time which is uh, yes. interesting to think about yes well paul more than likely philemon uh colossians and ephesians were all written during paul's same stint in prison uh-huh. either in rome or in ephesus right uh and that's what, and there's a lot of similarities between the letters too. Like right, so it's fun some. to kind of read them side by side to flesh out the yeah. picture. Okay, so you have Philemon, the the leader, or not the leader, but the the host of the house church mm-hmm. in Colossae, and he's a well-to-do Roman citizen, like all well-to-do Roman citizens had slaves. Slaves, and one of his slaves was named Onesimus. Yes. Okay, and what happened with Onesimus? Onesimus runs away. Uh huh. We don't know why. Right. Um, we're not told why, um, but he runs to Paul. Yes. So there's a couple of interesting things here. We're told a little bit later in the letter, uh, Paul hints at the fact that there might be a financial like problem mm. that Onesimus's leaving has caused. So it's pot- potentially Onesimus was a part of the household that made an income stream for, ah. like maybe he ran a small business for Philemon. Right, and him leaving is bringing economic hardship to Philemon. Yes, maybe Onesimus stole from Philemon. Right. Like, and just took money out of his cabinets. And, and then ran away. And then ran away. And we don't know. Right, and because Onesimus, unlike Philemon, when he was in Colossae, was not mm-hmm. a Christian. He wasn't a Jesus follower at that time. Yeah. It wasn't until he ran to Paul. Yes. That he became a Christian. So the question is, why, how and why does he go to Paul? Right. So, which is a funny question because like, so how does, so. Yeah. It doesn't make sense for a runaway slave to go find someone in prison and they're like, hey, who are you? And they're like, I'm a runaway slave. Well, we're going to put you in prison too. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, this is a bad idea. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Onesimus runs away and to Paul, I think presumably for some sort of help. Yes. Because if you think about it, Philemon being the host of the house church, Onesimus would have heard about Jesus. He would have heard about this guy who sent Epaphras to them named Paul. Mm-hmm. He might have even met Paul at one mm-hmm. point. And uh, he's like, okay, maybe this guy who talks about this Jesus, who does these kind things, maybe he can help me. Maybe he can help me, yeah. yes. And so he, at the very least, fi- uh, Onesimus walks 100 miles. At the very least. At the very least. To just get to Ephesus. To get to Paul's Prison in Ephesus, right. yes. Yeah, at maximum, if this is during his Roman imprisonment, he walked over a 1,000 miles. Right. Which, which seems insane. Which seems insane. 100 miles, doable it, for doable, that day. Still pretty crazy. But And then a 1,000 miles, like, maybe, maybe impossible. Maybe you would have died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the reason is, the question is, why? Yeah. We miss it. Maybe he's going for help. Maybe right. after escaping, his life is worse somehow. And mm-hmm. he's like, maybe I should go back to my master. But under Roman law... Philemon has the right to kill Onesimus right. because he's shamed him, he's shamed his family, he's stolen from him. Maybe if I go to this man he respects, he can talk him down. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so in some sense, 
regardless of why or how or exactly what role Onesimus was trying to have Paul play for him, Paul was, in a sense, acting as an arbiter or a mediator mm-hmm. or a, a safe third party. Yes. Something was happening there. Yes. And Onesimus comes to him and becomes a Jesus follower. Yeah. He, he, yeah. yeah Paul calls him a son in the yeah, faith. He calls right. himself a, a father right. to Onesimus, who's his son. Right. And he also says basically the same thing to Philemon. Yeah. He's he like, calls, you're also my spiritual son. And the implication is that this slave and master are now brother and brother. Right. So. He, yeah. So. The, because of the spiritual, the new spiritual reality that's happened to mm-hmm. Onesimus, the yeah. relationship between slave and master has changed somehow. Yeah. And that's going to be basically the main thrust of Paul's yes. argument here. But that's everything that's going behind the scenes right. to get us into the letter. That's right. So that's what you need to know yeah. to start the letter of Philemon. Right. Because now Paul is presumably sending Onesimus back with this letter. Maybe. 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 Pr- okay. Presumably. Presumably. I mean, I think it's an interesting image. Yeah. If, you, if Onesimus knows he did Philemon wrong, uh-huh. he goes to Paul for help. Paul begins arbiting on his behalf, mm-hmm. encouraging some sort of reconciliation with his master. He knows his master has the right to kill him, demand money from him, to do whatever. And he comes with a letter written by the Apostle Paul. Like, it's, it's a pretty powerful, yeah. like moment of repentance on behalf of Onesimus. Sure, yeah. Um, and also like a really fragile position. He's super in. vulnerable. Yes. It's kind of a I, if I perish, I perish kind of moment. Yeah. It's yeah. So <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's pretty a pretty dramatic moment. I think we're just going to walk through the letter because it's so short. It's, you could probably read it in three minutes. Yeah. So or listen it, to us talk about it for an hour. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so it starts off uh, with a very unique introduction that Paul makes of himself. He says, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother. Now, this might sound like normal Pauline language, a very normal introduction. But Paul normally introduces himself as Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, or in about three other letters, Paul, a slave to Jesus Christ. And you think about in a letter about a slave and a master. That would be the most appropriate title for him to give himself. He would call himself a slave of Christ Jesus uh-huh. and start changing the way that Philemon thinks about his slave. mastery over yeah. a slave. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But he doesn't. Right. He calls himself a prisoner. Which is the only time in the New Testament that Paul introduces in the first line of his letter. Yeah. Introduces himself as a prisoner. Why do you think that's significant? Well, I mean... I think at at the bare minimum, he's trying to show him, because he, he calls himself not just a prisoner, but a prisoner of or for mm-hmm. Christ Jesus. He mentions it three more times throughout the rest of his letter, too. Yeah, so it's a huge theme. And I think what he's trying to do, at least in part, and I think there's more to it, but he's trying to get him to see what it means to be a Jesus follower. He's like, Philemon, you're a Jesus follower. The church mm-hmm. meets in your home, and he's going to go on to tell him about how great of a Christian he actually is. Yeah. He's like, do you want to know what it means what it looks like to be a Jesus follower. Hmm. It looks like the apostle Paul, me, your, your, your spiritual father being in prison for Jesus Christ. And what's he, I mean, even the phrase apostle, it's like Mm -hmm. not gloss over that. Right. One sent by Jesus himself to proclaim the gospel in the first era of the church right. is a prisoner. This was what it means to be a sent one of Jesus Mm -hmm. is to suffer in chains. Right. And so already he's like, I'm challenging your assumptions about roles, mastery, position, authority, 
because you think you're a Roman citizen, you have a home that's big enough to house a church, mm-hmm. you have slaves, you're a master. Yeah. Let, but you're also a Jesus follower. And for you to be a Jesus follower means yeah. what it means for me, that even though I'm a, an apostle, I also am a prisoner. Yeah, and I think he's also probably queuing up a little bit of, like, he's, like, loading an emotional gun. Mm. <laughs> Maybe that's not the right way to yeah, say yeah, it, yeah. but, like, Paul will appeal to emotions over and over and over again right. throughout this letter to, like, convince Philemon to treat Onesimus as a brother. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, the first line out of the gate is, like, I'm in prison. Yeah. It's, like... I, please show me some sympathy right. as a man in yeah. prison. Okay, which breaches a really interesting yeah. c- topic, uh, which is you have to have your good reading glasses on to read the book of Philemon well because there's so much being said between the lines. If you could visually picture Paul winking and smirking the whole time he's writing Philemon, <laughs> you'll have a better picture of what's going on between the lines. And we'll yeah. pick up some of those as we go through. Yeah. But this is the first one, possibly, where he's like, like hey, man, I'm a prisoner. Come on, bro. Yeah, he's like, like, oh, yeah, man, I do. Man, I, I do feel that. bad for him. What, what can I do for you, Paul? Yeah. Oh, you want me to do this? Well, yeah. Yeah, he's like, lo- yeah, I think loading the emotional <laughs> gun is pretty good. Okay. So, uh, anything else on prisoner? N- not, and maybe he's also tying himself in like an indirect way to Onesimus, a slave yes. whose an existence in shackles would not have been uncommon for slaves at that time. Not that Philemon has chained Onesimus anywhere. We don't have any evidence of that. But like a position of marginalization, like being in prison, being a slave, those mm-hmm. are connected That's right. in and anybody's it, and mind. And it would be possible that if he returned after being a runaway, he could actually find himself in prison. Yes. Yeah. And I think you brought up something else that probably needs to be said. Um, like you said, we don't know, and there's no indication that Philemon was chaining his slaves or doing anything wrong. In fact, quite the opposite might be true, that Paul louds him for being a good man and, mm-hmm. and and in other places, Paul says, like, hey, masters, you be nice to your slaves. You know, like... Well, and why? Because you are slaves yourself right. to Jesus Christ. Right. And so we, we we should probably have the view of Philemon as a good man who treated the people in his household well. Yes. He, yeah. it, it is, it's a complicated picture. Like, we're not going to talk about slavery, no. but, like, give, like, let Philemon be Philemon. Yes. We don't He's, need to project onto him. We don't need to project onto him, but right. like it's this is the compl- this has a lot to say to us it does. if we let it. So yes. a, presumably a godly man, mm-hmm. house church, the emotional gun is being loaded for him. Yes. And yeah, then this, he starts listing people. Yes. And the letter's not just to one person. Right. So you gotta get that out of your head. It's to Philemon, our beloved fellow yes. worker, to Aphia, our sister. Most people think that's his wife. His wife. Okay, okay. Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church that meets in your house. So, like, it's it's all of the Colossian church. So, the, this letter is for the entire Colossian church, uh-huh. and the expectation is that Philemon would read this probably personally first, and then he would be obligated yes. under the apostleship of Paul, right. a prisoner for Christ Jesus, to read it everywhere at the same time. Right. I think or everywhere, well, meaning the rest of his church. The rest church. of his church, yes. yeah. And, like, it's it's a personal letter. But it's on a private letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like another way to do it is if the courier of this letter came to the to the church that meets in his home, you know, there would be people there, buzzing activity. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, gather everybody, I have a letter from Paul. And he opens the letter, everyone's there, and he's like, Hey, it's Paul, prisoner of Jesus Christ. To hey Philemon, where are you? There yeah. you are. 
Oh, and to Afia, and to Archibus. Oh, and everybody. And, to- and then he just starts showing Philemon's That's very possible to everybody. And then and then and, and so uh all the all the second person pronouns start in the plural. So I'm writing to you all. Yes. Let me talk to you all. Okay. This letter's to you all. The body of the letter then switches to second person singular. Okay. You Philemon, you Philemon, you Philemon. And at the end, he talks about more people again and it switches to plural. He's like, you all, you all, you all. And so the, and the implication there is like Paul's bookend the letter with plurals because mm-hmm. it's for everybody. That's right. But everything in the body of the letter is for one person. That's right. And so by having all these plurals on the outside kind of is a way to load social pressure. That's right. Tor- so that Philemon does something specific. That's right. Which okay. might seem weird to us, but this is very normal in an honor-shame culture. Because we we instead have a moral culture where things are right and wrong, mm-hmm. and we are meant to know those things intuitively in ourselves. Mm-hmm. But in an honor shame culture, if no one's telling you you're doing something wrong, you assume that you're right. Yeah. And so for him, he has to be told that he's he might be doing something wrong in the public eye in order for him to feel the conviction. The conviction that he should be doing something other than what he's doing right now. Right. Okay. Or that he might do. Yes. Yeah. So that's what's going on. So this is. A personal letter, but not a private letter. And Paul is like pulling it, on that. Is like implicating everybody in uh, Philemon's sphere. Yes. To encourage him to do the thing that Paul wants him to do. Yes, that's right. And so, he, but he begins not by making the request, but by implicating everybody. And then he begins to not flatter him, no, but praise him for good things that he's done. Yeah, we have to see this as genuine praise from Paul. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and the faith that you have towards the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith or the partnership we have on account of our faith, mm-hmm. like there's a, there's a translation oddity here. Your translations may um, differ, but the important word there is sharing mm-hmm. or koinonia or That's the koinonia fellowship, right fellowship okay. or partnership, which is the way most Bibles translate it mm-hmm. when it's used secondly. So anyway, and I pray that our partnership will become more effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is for us, the sake of Jesus Christ. So just imagine, mm. you're a Philemon, you're hearing this letter, Paul's praising you, you're a good man, you're a loving man, you're a faithful man, you are good towards the saints, we share the same faith, we're partners in the gospel, and I'm praying, and I'm hoping, that we'll be even more effective in the future together. Yeah. He's like, man, thanks for singling me out, Paul. This rocks. Yeah, this, this is awesome. I derive much joy and comfort mm. from you, Philemon, from your love, my brother. Yeah, brother. Because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Okay. There's a beautifully genuine praise from Paul towards Philemon. This goes back to what we said before. Right. He's a good guy. Philemon's a good man. Yeah. However, mm. following Jesus always means we are following Jesus into deeper acts of sacrifice, love, faithfulness for others. Mm -hmm. So Paul is about to make his request for what that additional step of love and faithfulness looks like for Philemon. And this is where it's important, like for now a slave owner. Right. He's going to ask him to do something that's radical for his day (laughs) day and age. And what is the basis of that deepening, that extra call, that further step into the knowledge of Christ, the fleshing out of Christ in your life? 
it's that that word we talked about that 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 sharing of faith that mm-hmm. partnership, partnership that Greek word koinonia which um, you might know if you're listening to this you might know that word a lot of times people call what we do at church koinonia yeah you know and it's the word I always grew up fellowship fellowship yeah fellowship yeah, fellowship yeah and but it is this very relational deep mm-hmm. word uh, and that's why. We don't know if it's sharing, if it's partnership, if it's mm-hmm. fellowship, because we don't quite have a one-for-one for koinonia, mm-hmm. but it is a relational intimacy where you are sharing. It's almost familial. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have, like Paul tells us in other letters, that we have koinonia with Christ. Yeah. That we share in Christ as he shares in the koinonia of the Father. Mm-hmm. So, like, our koinonia, our fellowship, our partnership with Jesus is part of the eternal koinonia that Jesus and the Spirit and the Father have had for eternity past. And we get invited into that Mm -hmm. through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we are just koinonia people. Mm -hmm. We are fellowship people, partnership people, sharing people. And he's like, dude, Philemon, for you to be a sharing person, join into the eternal koinonia of the Godhead. Let's go deeper, man. Here's what's next. Here's what's next. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was ready to go there, but he, we don't get to what he actually asks for another 10 verses. Right, because first he has to set the stage for the grounds of his request. It's yes. not only theological. Hey, man, you it's, have shared in Christ, but also who am I to ask this of you? Yes. Yeah. So he says, I'm bold enough in Christ. Paul says this. I'm bold enough in Christ to command you to do what's required. So right. I think he's pulling. He's like, I'm an apostle. I'm an apostle, man. I could just tell you what to do. You, and you're leading one of my house churches. I could just right. tell you what to do. Yes. But for love's sake, mm. and by the way, he's already called him out for being a man of love. Yeah, he called him beloved too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, there's a lot uh, of love like, here. I prefer to appeal to you. Mm. I don't want to command to you. I want to appeal to you. And I Paul an old man. So what's just funny about that is that he's appealing to his eldership, the fact mm-hmm. that he's a social elder to him. Like right. Philemon is a young man. He is an old man, and by virtue, in, in an honor shame culture, you need to listen and to me. in a more hierarchically based society, Paul has more authority based on his age and on his apostleship, and also on his age. Right. Yes. And also as a prisoner for Jesus Christ, as someone who's actively suffering for the cause of the gospel. Yeah. He loaded the emotional gun, and now he's pulled. He's pulled the 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 cock back, and he's about to pull the trigger. I appeal yeah. to you for my child Onesimus, my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. So Onesimus, we know, yes. former slave, but had become a believer through the ministry of Paul while he was in prison. Mm-hmm. For And so, important to note here, Onesimus means useful. Right. That's what his name means. Yeah, useful, beneficial. Yes. Yeah, which is like a great name for a household worker. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it might even be that Philemon changed his name when he became his slave. And he's like, you know what? You're going to be useful, so I'm going to call you useful. Yes. Uh, and so he's like, there's this guy named Useful, and formerly he was useless to you, which is yeah. a weird statement. But he's playing on Onesimus's name to make the point that because he is now a follower of Jesus, he is useful in a new and more powerful way. Mm. Onesimus is grown into his calling of usefulness because his usefulness isn't for the benefit of your house, Philemon. Mm. It is the, for the benefit of the kingdom of God. I see. He is an Onesimus of the kingdom, uh, not an Onesimus of Philemon. Right. Does so that Philem- make sense? Yeah, I think so. So Philemon was useful in Onesimus's house. He was like, man, you're useful. You do these jobs for me. It's great. Um, and then you ran away. And, and and 
Paul is saying, hey, I want you to think about when Onesimus, the useful one, was in your home. I want you to realize he was actually useless to you because he wasn't a Christian. He wasn't a Jesus follower. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't actually advancing the kingdom at all. Now that he's become a Jesus follower, Mm -hmm. I'm sending him back to you as someone far more useful than just for your household, but as somebody who could advance the kingdom alongside you as a brother. That's right. Okay, that makes sense. That's what what I think he's doing. Yeah, that makes sense. Then Paul says... I'm sending Onesimus back to you, and I'm sending my very heart. And remember how Paul has already described Philemon as a refresher of hearts. Oh, yes. So like he's like stacking the deck here for what he hopes Philemon will do on Onesimus' behalf. I'm sending you my very heart. So he's like, Philemon, you are a refresher of hearts. That's who you are. You refresh my heart. So I'm going to send you my heart. That you'll refresh it some more. By the way, my heart is Onesimus. Yes. So treat him as you would my heart. Yes, which is exactly what he's about to say in a second. One, one thing I want to I want to jump back to is this thing he's doing where he's like, okay, I could command you mm-hmm. to just obey. I'm the apostle. I'm the elder. I'm the old one. I'm a prisoner for Christ. Just do it. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you to do something. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, but instead I want you to do it for love's sake. Mm-hmm. I want you to do it because of the koinonia we share. I want you to do it. I'm not going to say it, but I want you to do it because of Jesus. Yeah. And I just think, just pause, because I'm like, that's so interesting to me, because it's the exact same way that God wants us to obey him. Like, ever since the beginning, like, mm-hmm. even in, like, Deuteronomy, like a law book. Yeah. The Shema, the, the one call of God is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. To listen to him, to love him, which will lead yeah. to obedience. Right. It's not just like, hey, I told you what to do. I'm God. You're man. Do it. Right. He's like, man, I want you to obey me because you love me. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, it's how Jesus summarizes the law. Right. Love God and love others. This is the sum total of the commands. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that's so cool that Paul mm. just has his head on straight. He's just, it's so good through this whole letter. He's like, you know what? I could be commanding to him, but that's not how God was to me. Mm. He didn't tell me just do this. He yeah. moved my heart to love him mm-hmm. by seeing Jesus. I had an encounter with Jesus and it changed the way I live. Philemon, I want the same thing for you. Have an encounter with Jesus and let it change the way you live. Don't do it out of moral compulsion or because I told you to or because you'd be ashamed by Aphia and Archippus. Yeah. Do it because you love Jesus and because yeah. he's genuinely changed your life. Hmm. I just think it's beautiful. It is beautiful. So I just didn't want to miss that. Paul says, I'm sending you my very heart. Yeah. To the, a man who's a, a loving man hmm. who refreshes other hearts, I'm sending you my very heart. He's like, you know what to do in this situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you this just fits the bill for you. I just need you to be consistent. Be consistent with me <laughs> yeah. here, Philemon. I would have kept, Paul continues, I would Verse have 13. kept uh, Onesimus with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. Mm. So Onesimus is a partner with Paul. Mm-hmm. Which he has also called Philemon. Right. And he'll uh, say it more explicitly here in a okay. second to as well but he's he's already loading he's loading yeah. the guns <laughs> so many guns are loaded <laughs> but i prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be from compulsion right. the point that you're making mm-hmm. but of your own accord and more importantly out of love mm. for perhaps this is why he was parted from you for a while that you might have him back forever not as a slave but as more than a slave as a beloved brother especially oh. to me but how much more so to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord? Wow. There's a lot. It's it's a packed little. If I was receiving this letter from yeah. Paul, there's nothing I can do to avoid what he's about to ask me because at this point, Paul's asked nothing. Oh yeah. 
of Philemon. He hasn't he, given the request yet. No, but it's like playing. <laughs> it's like playing a game of chess, and he, he's just moving these pieces. And like Seth and I love to play chess, and you just know, even if you're ten moves away from it, you know when you're beaten. Yeah. And he's like, okay, well, let me move here. Oh, I can't. Let I me can't. move here. He's like, he's got me cornered. He's got me cornered. Like he's two moves away from a checkmate. I I remember Philemon was like, I know who Anesimus was. He's a, he ran away. I know what he's probably. I know what Paul's probably about to ask me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about it, but he's appealing to my love and he's appealing to my partnership. <laughs> he's appealing to the fact that he's a prisoner, that he's my elder, that he's an apostle, that um, he doesn't want me to do something out of compulsion, but for out of love that's transformed me in the gospel. And now he's pulling on the providence of God card. Perhaps this is why he was pardoned, so that you could have a better as a brother. Oh that's gosh. right. In Christ, we are brothers. Yep. If he if. Paul is my spiritual father, oh. and Philemon is his. That makes us brothers. Yeah, I can't escape what he's about to ask me. <laughs> Whatever he's about to say, it's going to be checkmate. <laughs> right. That's oh, right. Okay, that's so good. So, what is? Do you think he's in, intuiting this? Like, we're kind of trying to read this along yeah. with Philemon in real time. Like, do you think by verse sixteen that you would receive him back no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother? Mm-hmm. I mean, does he? Is that the ask right there? Is he already asking him uh, to do something right there? Don't, yeah, don't the, receive him as a slave, but as a brother. The the first imperative verb uh-huh. is in the next verse. The first one. So yeah, Paul loves imperatives too. Yeah, it's like it's not till verse seventeen. <laughs> so if you consider me a partner, <laughs> receive him as you would receive me. Receive mm. is the first command given. Receive. Yeah, so if you consider me a partner, a koinonia in the gospel, mm. a partner. Oh, is that the, the, gospel, that, that word again? The word okay. again receive Onesimus mm. as a partner in the gospel as well. That's th- as a brother, as a right. family member, as a partner in the gospel. Yeah, and he already knows, like, oh, I would definitely receive Paul. Right. Like, we are brothers. Right. I respect him so much. And on what grounds? As a partner in the gospel. So think about, think, think about that. Like, Paul is asking Philemon to accept Onesimus back, not I mean, he's appealing to love, he's appealing to emotion, but like the final ask is on their mutual partnership on behalf of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Both Onesimus and Philemon are spiritual sons to Paul. Right. And they are all three of them servants of Jesus Christ on the same mission together. That's right. And it's based on that reality, Mm -hmm. on that relational framework that he wants Philemon to invite Onesimus back. Yeah, the other thing too is he he, he tells him to receive him as he would receive Paul, mm-hmm. which is like Paul's cashing in his relational collateral with this master. Yeah, in order to allow a slave to be received as he an apostle would. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that's so interesting. That's exactly what Jesus does for us. Yeah, right. He goes to the master of all masters, mm-hmm. and as the son, as the advocate, mm-hmm. he is absolutely received by the father he sits at his right hand and then we come into god's court as slaves Mm -hmm. (laughs) and jesus says receive them father as you would receive me Mm -hmm. jesus Mm -hmm. and he does (laughs) like we are received yeah by the father just as the father receives jesus i mean jesus said so much in john 15 i think it's where he says um just as the father has loved me so i have loved you yeah. Like that koinonia love is mm-hmm. a straight line and it's the same thickness and color all the way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go 100% to Jesus and then 50% to us. It's mm-hmm. the same love yeah. that the father gives a son that 
Jesus gives us. Yeah. I guess because the, and that's powerful in part because of what Philemon was legally owed. Right. 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 Philemon, as a patriarch in Rome, Mm. had almost absolute authority over the members of his household. Yeah, absolutely. And he, and in the next verse, he has been wronged, uh, or at least. If he if he has been wrong is what Paul yeah, says yeah. in eighteen. If he has been wrong, if he's wronged you at all, and we'll get to the next part. But like, so yeah, he had all this authority. He's been wronged. Mm-hmm. All this is happening. Philemon was under every right to punish him on his own, right? Or to appeal to a higher power, to appeal to a court system, right. to litigate against yeah. Onesimus. And Paul is telling him, "I don't want you to relate to Onesimus as a." social or legal other Mm. i want you to relate to him as a brother right and as a fellow partner in the gospel first Mm -hmm. and that transforms how you actually will treat him everywhere else right like you know so don't don't treat him based on what you are owed legally yeah like actually legally in the eyes of the state it is concrete what you would be owed yes i don't want that to be the basis of your relationship also, I don't want to, your statuses, your differing statuses socially to be the basis of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Instead, let the basis of your relationship be that that koinonia that you have in Christ. Yes. Interesting. Yes. So powerful. And to go along with what you've been saying about how Paul is kind of, is being a mediator mm-hmm. between these two men in the same way that Jesus is a mediator between mm-hmm. us and God. Verse 18, if Onesimus has wronged you at all, or owes you anything, charge it to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. So like this, he was probably using an amanuensis, yeah, dictating like this to somebody else, yeah. grabs the pen out of the amanuensis' hand. I'm writing this with my own hand. Signature, I will repay it Yep. to say nothing of your owing of me, even of your own self. Oh my <laughs> so gosh. he's like, again, he keeps like loading the deck. So good. But like the, the point I want to yeah. land on is like, Paul is willing to absorb the cost mm-hmm. Of Onesimus is wrong, yeah. So that reconciliation might happen between right. these two aggrieved brothers. That's right. He's like, okay, let, let pick a scenario, right? Onesimus ran a small business for Philemon, and his absence has cost him a thousand dollars. Yep. And he he goes away. the The bill keeps stacking up on missed uh, revenue. He's like, man, you just stop making the soap that I used to make, yep. and you know, and right, selling right. it. <laughs> I would have made a thousand dollars by now. And he's like, you know what? I'll pay it. You tell me what it was. I'll pay it just so reconciliation can happen. Mm-hmm. And it's just like Paul's just being Jesus because uh, <laughs> that's exactly what Jesus does for us. He goes to the father and says, whatever David owes you. <laughs> like when he was running away, when he was abandoning his job as uh, an image bearer of you in this world to to like do right in this world to f- make it flourish to treat others with love and respect david's really screwed that up uh when you say david do you mean yourself? i mean myself <laughs> i was like i mean myself <laughs> it's like david's talking to yourself david <laughs> myself jesus jesus talking to god about me and jesus like david's really screwed that up and like man the bill is high uh, he's like but god father i really want you two to be able to be reconciled uh so let me pay the cost so that you two can just be together in koinonia. Mm-hmm. And Jesus did that on the cross. Yeah. Because like Onesimus going home to Philemon, death could have been owed him. And for me to go to God without Jesus, death is owed me because of my sin. Mm-hmm. And Jesus like, 
can I just pay the can I just pay the bill? Can you charge it to my account? So that way there could be reconciliation between father and son, master and slave. Mm-hmm. I just want that for David. I want that for mm-hmm. Seth. I want that for everyone listening. Like that's what Jesus does. And Paul isn't mentioning Jesus in name here, but he is being like Jesus yeah. by being willing to be the payer of the debt. In verses 17 to 20, Paul is writing as if he was Jesus, right? Like he, right. This is like him being, instead of mentioning Jesus' death and resurrection, mm-hmm. he puts himself in the place of Jesus. Yeah, instead of being theological, he, he, be, he he's he puts practical. It, yes. And so what I did when I was praying this morning, I was just like, I just pretended Jesus said this to me mm. about a conflict I was involved in. Yeah. So if you, So, Seth, if you consider me, Jesus, your partner— Receive the brother you're in conflict with as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all, charge your brother's wrongs to my account. I, Jesus, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to you to say nothing of the fact that you owe me your own life. Yes, brother, I'm asking for a benefit from you and the Lord, but I want you to refresh my heart. Signed, in Christ. (laughs) That's really good. Yeah. Thanks for making me cry. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, did you notice how he re- ends it again with that note to refresh my heart? It's his third time he mentions a heart. <laughs> Second time he mentions a refreshing of a heart. And he's like, so refresh my heart. So who's he referring to? Himself or Onesimus? Hmm. Both. Yeah. Refresh my heart by refreshing my partner in the gospel in Christ, Onesimus. Right. He's like, he's like... Philemon has no choice mm-hmm. in this scenario to do anything but accept back into his home a man and a brother who has wronged him. Mm-hmm. That's what the gospel demands. Yeah, it definitely is. I also just can't get over how he says here, I, I want some benefit. <laughs> yeah. Like Paul, Paul's like, hey, can I get something out of this relationship? I really want to benefit. And he's like, oh, what are you going to ask for? Money? A favor? He's like, no. By you accepting Onesimus as a brother, my heart would be so happy and so refreshed. Yeah. Like, that's how much someone who is bathed in the koinonia of Jesus longs to see reconciliation. Mm. He's like, you know what the best win for me would be? Wouldn't be like, can you get me out of prison? <laughs> it's just like, can you just like love your brother? <laughs> I would be so happy. <laughs> it would be the best favor you could do to me. That's amazing. Which is just the heart of Jesus. Like that Jesus just, it's just cool to think about Paul being Jesus because Mm -hmm. that's what he's doing. And that we get to see the heart of Christ there, that Christ just so longs for reconciliation that when it happens, both between us and God, yes, but when brothers reconcile, Jesus's heart just leaps for joy. Mm -hmm. He's like, man, I came and I died for that reconciliation. Mm -hmm. When I see two brothers love each other after a separation i just freak out and i'm just so happy i just love that and he was our reconciler and then second corinthians 5 says that as we take the ministry of jesus around what do we become ambassadors right mm-hmm. and what ambassador just does what the person who sent them told them to do mm-hmm. and what do we do as ministers of the reconciler second corinthians 5 says we become ministers of reconciliation yeah and we're going around saying everybody just reconcile shalom peace Mm -hmm. unity why because of the koinonia that we're all a part Mm -hmm. of 
I mean, it's just like Paul it's gets like, it, man. <laughs> he does. And like what's so helpful about the book of Philemon even up to this point is like most of us experience conflict with our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout our entire lives. Right. If you're married to a Christian, you you you, 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 you <laughs> if you <laughs> you get the point. Or like if you have Christian friends, right. you know what it's like to be in conflict with Christians mm-hmm. who owe you something. Right. Or you know, like it's well, like, imagine how many times this has happened and people have left the church over it. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. You're just like, oh I've just been wronged by a Christian. It must be all those all those Christians are messed up. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, we are, but yeah, we are. It's like they like, paid all of our debts. I, I do keep thinking about the fact that Paul, what money did Paul have when he was in prison? Oh, right. He's like, hey, just charge it to my account. What account? What account? <laughs> and, he, and what he says is like, to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. And he's mm-hmm. referring to the fact that Philemon would not be a believer in Jesus mm-hmm. without Paul's influence. Right. And he's like, he's counting his salvation as act more than enough compensation for the financial right. harm that Onesimus has done. And I think like that type of substitution mm. doesn't always make intuitive sense to me, right? right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. how can the substitution of my sins on the cross for Jesus really reconcile me with my brother who owes me a hundred bucks? Right. Yeah. Right. You know, like yeah, that yeah, like yeah. feels off Mm -hmm. but paul in paul's mind it's like the greater debt was paid in the cross Mm -hmm. that allows you to reconcile with your brother or sister that you're in conflict Mm -hmm. with regardless of the monetary legal or social complexities of that given moment right and i think a a number of commentators have pointed this out it's like paul's giving us a pretty radical vision of what koinonia or Mm. what a church should be Mm mm-hmm it should be one that's so radically devoted to reconciliation that it overcomes the complexities of a legal system, right. of a social system, and in, in this particular case, the systems of slaves and masters. Yeah, even economic systems. It's like, yeah. like, even economic systems. Yeah. Like the fact that they are brothers in Christ, reconciled by mm-hmm. Jesus' substitution on the cross, actually transforms their social relationships and obligations to one another. Yeah, it's a pretty radical vision for what the church that meets inside Philemon's home is right. supposed to do. It's like we have so undersold what the gospel is supposed to do to us in flesh and blood and everyday life. Yeah. It's like, it's not something you just believe. It's something that changes every relationship, the way you view it, yeah. the way it operates, uh, what we owe to each other. Man, it's radical. It is radical. It's very radical that it, a runaway slave should be received as a partner and an equal yeah. and a brother because a man died on a cross. Yeah. It's very, very, very radical idea. Yeah. I think what we just talked about is part of the reason why so many people have read abolitionism in mm-hmm. to Paul's writings. This is why the first people to advocate for the freedom of slaves were Christians. Right, yes. They're seeing in Paul a radical reconciliation mm-hmm. between members, between brothers and sisters united in Jesus, united in humanity, that demands a different type of treatment than the one afforded to in Rome. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to go into that, but I just want to say 
That's what's happening. That's yeah. what's, that's the logic underpinning some of that. That's right. I mean, to say it another way is the gospel of Jesus is, is so radical that it not only can transform the relationship between a master and a runaway slave, but it actually has in history transformed the very institution of slavery itself. Yeah. Like it not only overturned the relationship between Philemon and Onesimus, mm-hmm. but it actually did lead to the abolition of slavery itself. Yeah. And I think it's good that we haven't focused on this so far. Right. Because ma- the manumission of slaves is, I. I'm, this is going to sound crazy, yeah. I think. You know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm all, almost a little scared to say it, but the manumission of slaves is almost too low a bar mm. for what Paul is trying to do here. Because if the only good news here is that slaves are freed when the social and political forces give them their freedom by legal right, by force of the government, Mm -hmm. then that means anybody that's a slave right now and who can't change their situation has no good news for them. Right. This book has to be about more than the manumission of slaves. Otherwise, it's not good news for people who are actually enslaved. Right now. Right now. And according to the statistics, more than 21 million people Right. Right now. Not only would it not be good news to people who are enslaved right now, but it wouldn't be good news to African Americans who were living in America just, you know, like a century ago, like not too long ago. Right. Or the one third of the Roman population at the time it was written. Yes. It's like, if it's not good news for a system that can't change, it's not good news we're talking about, mm-hmm. which is why Paul doesn't talk about the, man- the legal rights of slave to be freed, Mm -hmm. but the reconciliation that must happen because brothers have been united in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So here's how Paul ends his letter. Verse 21, confidence of your obedience. I laughed when I read this (laughs) because if you remember in verse eight, Paul says, I could command you. Oh, right. But for love's sake, I appeal to you. Uh And so Paul has changed his, He's changed the language a little bit. Right. He's like, so you're going to obey though, right? Yeah, right. right. Yeah, so like I a command has been given. A command has been given, even though I didn't command it. Yeah. it was only out Which of is love. interesting. It's like, where's the command coming from? The gospel. The gospel. Yeah. Which we talked about this in our first John podcast, mm. but like John uses that same language to talk about the command is the gospel. That's right. So it's, it is interesting that more than one author of scripture understands the gospel not merely to be belief in truths about jesus but also a command to be lived out in life the gospel is not just meant to believe the gospel is meant to be obeyed yes that's good yeah it's a good word uh knowing comment of your obedience knowing that you will do even more than i say this is the this is definitely part you need to see paul winking after yeah. he wrote it so it's like okay treat him like a brother and even more like, like i know you'll do even more than that which you could speculate wildly as to what that might mean. Right. But, um, uh, and people have. Yes. But we'll leave it at that. We'll let Paul's words be well, Paul's it, words. I think Paul's made his case that he should receive Onesimus back. Yes. As a brother. Yeah. And then he kind of, he goes, he gives another turn of the knife. And at <laughs> the same time, prepare a guest room for me because I hope that through your prayers, I will be graciously given to you. Meaning, when I come, I expect to be <laughs> see Onesimus there. Right. He's like, so I'm going to come and check up on this situation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I know you'll receive me with a guest room and with hospitality. Uh, and, oh, by the way, if you receive me that way, I also ask you to receive Onesimus that way. Yeah. So maybe when Onesimus gets there, have a guest room ready for him <laughs> and treat him the way you would treat me because that's how I would have asked you to do. So yes. he's like, did he just ask 
Philemon to let Onesimus live in a guest room? I mean, kind of, kind of. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like interesting. <laughs> so what's the point of the book of Philemon? After all that, mm. we've talked about many, many different things, ways to see Jesus here. What the point of the book of Philemon is reconciliation between brothers based on their unity and brotherhood in Jesus Mm -hmm. as demonstrated by Paul himself. As we said a couple different times, like there's no mention of Jesus's death or resurrection in this letter. Mm -hmm. It's the only one of Paul's letters that doesn't do it. Why? Because Paul places himself acting like Jesus with the every rhetorical, literary, emotional loading of the gun he can pull off to get Philemon to act like Jesus too. Right. That's what's happening in the book of Philemon. Yeah. And I think, to say it again, a big point of the book of Philemon is fellowship with Jesus that has been purchased by the gospel changes everything about us. That the gospel is something that we live, not just something we believe. That Jesus is not just a savior, but a teacher. He's not just somebody to worship, but somebody to follow. And they're both. It's not either or. It's both. Um, and Paul is just being the supreme example of a life changed by Jesus, willing to go to prison, willing to pay the cost, um, willing to, to say like, man, receive him as you would receive me. I'll cash in all my relational collateral mm-hmm. just so a slave would be received by his master better. Mm-hmm. He's just the consummate example of Jesus Christ in the flesh after he's been raised of a man changed by the gospel. And he's asking Philemon to be that same kind of man. I don't know why, but that phrase, Jesus is ask, is cashing in all of his own relational collateral mm-hmm. so that I can be reconciled to God. I don't know why that phrase was so powerful. I don't know if I've just heard it yeah. phrased that way. Like Substitution phrased as sure. like the cashing in of relational collateral. Right. Like I've got, I have a, s- a certain number of favors I can ask of God. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm cashing them all in. So yeah. these brothers could be reconciled to you, God. Yeah. He went from son talking to his father to cursed man on a cross saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So we could go from we are forsaken by God to my father, my father, why do you love me so much? (laughs) Jesus just cashed in all his relational collateral so we could be, have his status before the father. Uh, And, and, and more to Philemon, the point of Philemon is so that we could accord that same status to each other. No matter who you're talking to across um, economic divides, social divides, uh, international divides, racial divides. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, the koinonia that you have in Jesus requires you, you know, and I'm not Mm -hmm. commanding you here. Right, 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 right. (laughs) But like it requires you checkmate. Mm -hmm. If you are in Jesus, you must treat people differently. I'm also just reflecting on the fact, like we've talked multiple times about the relationship between the gospel mm. and good works. Right. And it's like, are good w- in what sense are good works a necessary part of believing the gospel? Yeah. And what what's kind of funny about Fi- the book of Philemon is like, imagine the gospel like Paul mm-hmm. checkmating you into doing what Christ would have done. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah. it's not commanding you in that sense right but it's leaving you no other option yes. but the option of the right. way of jesus i'm not saying you're gonna lose your salvation right but it's like i mean if you believe this stuff 
Checkmate. <laughs> right, what checkmate. What other option do you <laughs> yes. have if you are in Christ? Yeah, that's a very interesting way to, to think about it. And then an, I bet an honor-shame culture person would get there quicker than we would. Yeah. Because, like, who's your dad? What'd your dad do? You know, like, who's your brother? What'd your brother do? Oh, you should probably do the same thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's just like, that's what your family does. You yeah. know, that's what's been done for you. You've been showing honor. Mm-hmm. Show honor to others, or you've been great great shame on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Man. Me and and Luke and Mark and Demas, we're all in prison together because of following Jesus. Yeah. And I know you've got a great house and you've got a house full of servants who do what you ask and you're doing great things by building the kingdom and building, having a church meet in your home in Colossae. Can you sacrifice yep. for Jesus too? Yeah. I mean, like, like, yeah, that's, I what, that's the shortest way to say that, <laughs> yeah, the letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that is funny. Seth was just alluding to it there. You were just talking about like... That's how he ends the letter is he brings up all his fellow prisoners. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you, you're you not alone when this letter was being read. I wasn't alone when I wrote it. And yeah. I said it all out loud. <laughs> I said it all And I got a bunch of people <laughs> in chains for Jesus here, man. You want to join us? Because checkmate, right. this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but I like the feeling of being checkmated into doing the right thing yeah. more so than just being told to do the right thing. Yeah. I don't know why I, yeah, would, I, don't know I why would rather be checkmated in by the gospel into doing what Jesus would want me to do. But I think it's cause like, I want no other recourse. <laughs> like, yeah, I want Jesus to be my last resort. The way of Jesus to be the only way I could possibly live in this world. Now is just uh, every corner. I'm just checkmated into like, I better just, I have to just love this person. Somebody who like, I probably wouldn't even associate with because of our different mm-hmm. worlds or whatever. Yeah. Or somebody who just like, man, they really screwed me over or whatever. It's like, oh no, I just can't not love this yeah. person now. And like, I kind of want no other recourse in life but to be Jesus. I'm also wondering if like, I think most of us assume we're the master, oh, like yeah. over our own lives, right? Over like we're the ones in charge. Yeah. And who who is God calling me to receive back? Yeah, and but what's interesting is like as somebody who considers themselves the master of their soul, mm. you know what a master of a soul doesn't want to hear? Do what I t- do what I say. Oh, like, right. I don't like to hear voices of competing masters. Right. Don't come to bosses and boss them around. Right. Yeah. But so what's kind of it feels almost like graciously condescending mm-hmm. that the gospel would say, okay, use your mastery to move your chess pieces. And I will too. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll find out that your mastery next to mine. You're 1,200. I'm 2,500. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Those are chess ranking jokes for the nerds out there. If you've got an ELO, leave it in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. Uh, anyway, I was just like, maybe not yeah. what's on the line of the book of Philemon, but just, I was like, oh, yeah. it's kind no, of No, like- but it is true. Like, we, we play the game, you yeah. know? In life and in in the way we assess how well we're doing in the world and how well we manage our relationships, how many good works we're doing. We play we play this chess game with God and we're like, okay, if I move here, that's really good, right? And if I treat people like this, that's good, right? And then he has all these expert counter moves that it's like, that was good. That was really good. Great move. What are you going to do if I move my bishop here? And you're like, oh, uh, I guess I'd have to do this. That's right. That's That's also a good move. But what if I move my rook into this position? You're like, oh, now I yeah. cornered. Right. To view sanctification, becoming more, <laughs> more like Jesus as Jesus just getting closer and closer to checkmate until you die. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds like such good news. People listening to this are probably like, this sounds what terrible. Is, what is happening in this podcast? 
Yeah, but it's what Paul did to Philemon, and it was, however it was, it was a gracious way for him to lead Philemon into obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, all he was doing was trying to help him see that his fellowship with Jesus changes the way he lives, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. That's another way to think about it is like, think about what Jesus has done for you and do it for others is another very simple way to talk about As this. the wristbands used to say, WJD. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 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 that's good. Well, that was great. That's Philemon. That's the book of Philemon. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. That was really fun. We hope this is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Go find the Onesimuses or Philemons in your life. Yeah. Go be reconciled with your brothers and sisters. Yeah. So we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel creates short films, devotionals, and podcasts like this one. Everything we make is free because of generous supporters like you. To see our resources, visit SpokenGospel.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. See you next week.